Won't you lift up your hands and just thank God for your salvation? That you're saved, you're born again, you're on your way to heaven. Hallelujah. And you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. It's so easy to do. Religion makes it difficult. But Jesus, he preached the good news. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. <clears throat> I was asking the Lord what to minister on today. I'm, I'm going to talk about revival. Because I believe that this, amen, what were you saying? <laughs> no confusion in the house of the Lord. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. We're not religious around here because religion will keep revival from happening. Hallelujah. Uh, and really, the Holy Spirit is in charge. Uh, the Bible says, the Lord says, unless I build the, the house, they labor in vain that build it. Now, we can do what we know to do, but it's only, not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what we're endeavoring to do here. And everything, legacy, every, everything that we do here is to build a kingdom. Even the character breakfast yesterday, we had people asking about the church. Uh, and, you know, uh, to invite the community into an environment where they say, is this really a church? We haven't been to any place like this. It's called a church. <laughs> Hallelujah. The disciples were never in an upper room like that before Acts chapter 2, verse 4, when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. But I believe that right now, and it's been spoken, you know, I listen to a lot of the prophetic, different men of God, women of God, and, and, and what's been happening on campuses, and with the Jesus Revolution movie coming out, the Pastor Judy talked about the Christian Jesus ads on the Super Bowl. God is breaking through all this garbage. Hallelujah. And see, if the movie just came out. It just made a mockery out of Hollywood because they didn't think that that movie was going to do anything. But it's still, I think it's third in the theaters right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so God is having his voice to be heard. When they're talking about the, the revival on Fox News, I heard the other day. And just, you know, Jesus is being heard of again. Isn't that exciting? 
<clears throat> when the name of Jesus is lifted up, he said, I will draw all men unto me. And I know that meant the cross, but I believe when the name of Jesus is lifted up, it is a drawing force. Glory to God in society. So we here are, <clears throat> we have a mission to be a word in spirit, the Holy Spirit church. We believe so much in teaching the word of God, and that's never going to be second fiddle, but they have to be together, the, the Holy Spirit. How many of you were here last Sunday night, Jesus Encounter? Powerful, wasn't it? And <clears throat> every service needs to be a Jesus Encounter. Maybe not the same way all the time, but Jesus. And, and uh, you know, people have said, Pastor, I, I feel something different when they walk in the doors. Well, what is that? We have a good worship team. We, we, we have, you know, but, and our greeters, are everybody full of the Holy Spirit. But it's, it's the atmosphere that's charged with the anointing and the power of God. So, praise God. So the vision of our church is reaching the world, making disciples, and building strong families. I want to read to you uh, the book of Acts, chapter 8. Talk about revival. <clears throat> the early church was birthed by the power of the Holy Spirit. They, the Bible says the word grew and the word multiplied. If you read the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is, is representing the modern day church. Amen. That's what we model our church after, the book of Acts. So they had increase of the word of God. They preached Jesus. They used the name of Jesus and, of course, the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 8, in verse 4, it says, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere. I like that. They went everywhere preaching the word of God. Preaching Jesus. Then Philip. Do you know who Philip was? <clears throat> He was just an ordinary person like the rest of us. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't one of the disciples of Jesus. But he was one who waited on tables. Ministry of helps. Amen. Experienced him. Not sure. In that early church. That shows me that every one of us can be a catalyst to what God wants to do in this hour, in this time. This is the season. We are anointed. Now is the time. Amen? So, <clears throat> Philip went down to the city of Rockland. Or Hingham. Amen? <clears throat> and preached Christ to them. And it says, multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Let me ask you again, was he an apostle? No, he was an ordinary man who was full of faith, who loved Jesus, who had a heart to preach the gospel 
to share his experience with other people. And you know what? When we get that attitude, we'll say, well, nobody will ever listen to me. I haven't been to Bible school. I don't know much. No, that name of Jesus. See, in Mark chapter 16, we'll read that in just a little bit, but it said there that the Lord worked with them. We have to understand in this, in this season revival, it's just not gonna be a Billy Graham preaching. It's just not going to be a Pastor Ed or a Pastor Judy, Pastor Mike. It's going to be all of us involved in what God's doing, this great move, whether you're in Walmart or wherever you are, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because every one of you, if you're born again and you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have that anointing on the inside of you. Glory to God. <clears throat> so miracles should be a part of our life. It says for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice. Well, pastor, I don't know if that's gonna happen to you. They're still around. They're probably in some of the people you know. People need to be set free. Okay, unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out, and many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was a great joy in the city. Again, was Philip an apostle? No. Well, I don't know if God can use me in that way. For first of all, you need to change your thinking and renew your thinking. Well, I'm not good enough. There's not a good enough person in the Bible that by their own goodness qualified. Old Testament, New Testament. They were ordinary people just loving Jesus. Did they make mistakes? Yes. But they knew how to repent. They knew how to, to confess their sins and, and the Lord is right and just to forgive them all of their sins. Amen? Think about that. We, we're already approved of God, and we've talked about that, our identification with Jesus. If we can only practically understand what that means, that every one of us are containers of the Holy Spirit, and therefore we all have an assignment to share with other people, the world, what God has done for us. Amen? <clears throat> and because of obedience, say obedience, because of the obedience to the call upon Philip's life, the Bible says there was great joy in the city. Folks, there can be great joy in your families. There can be great joy in the town that you live in. Hallelujah. You're, you are created to, to carry great joy. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So what happened? Number one in the book of Acts, Christ was preached. Come on, evangelist. Jesus was preached. How many people have you talked to this week about Jesus? I'm talking to myself too. You know, we get this churchy thing and, and everything in, in, in involves around the church, 
but the world is outside the four walls. <clears throat> and I believe that, you know, we're going to have buildings that are not going to be able to fit the people because that's when discipleship comes in. But the lost is out there. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, how can they hear unless there is a preacher? Come on now. Say, I'm a preacher. I'm ordaining all of you today. By the authority. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm a preacher. The reason why in John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? No one comes to the Father except through me. Everybody's preaching everything out there, but you know what? <laughs> the gospel, I believe, is the only two-edged sword. Hallelujah. It's, you, it's not your ability, it's your availability to let God use you. Revival. You know, Pastor, I thought you were going to talk about revival. I thought you were going to talk about us coming into the church and just, who being so overwhelmed with the presence of God? Well, yeah, that's part of it. But revival takes place when we are commissioned, when we go out and do what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. So it's a two-phase thing. It's out there and it's in here that people are impacted. If there's no word, there's no revival. If Jesus isn't preached, there's no revival. Hallelujah. I like what David said, will thou not revive us again that we may, mm, God, just revive. And I was thinking about this. You know, we have to be, think about so perfect. I was saying, Lord, I need revival. I need a new touch of fire. I need something. You know, we think we've we got to reach a certain point, just, uh, just going to be so perfect, and then God will bring it. No. Why do you think revivals come? Refreshings come because we need it. You know why? Because we get contaminated with the world. That's why we don't go out. We don't do the things that we need to do because the world gets on us. That's why we need revival, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. Peter said in the book of Acts, repent, and you'll see times of refreshing. Say, God, I need it. I need it. I, I, I'm not able to, to, to make it. Well, pastor, that's a bad confession. No, you've got to lean on Jesus. Amen. If you think you were so good yourself, you wouldn't need Jesus. You wouldn't need the Holy Spirit, but every one of us need God in our life. Amen? Hallelujah. So we have an opportunity to step into that place. What is the qualification for hunger? They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. God wants to equip us to do a, a mighty work. Say a mighty work. I like what the apostle Paul said. And now he was an apostle, not one of the original. 
but he received his apostleship from Jesus. And his testimony in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 was this. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of man's wisdom. You don't have to have a degree in theology. Amen. And the apostle Paul could have very well preached over the heads of the people. Hallelujah. But he chose not to do. The gospel is simple. Jesus loves you. You need of a savior. And then the, you know, and then God comes in, the Holy Spirit. He said, I don't preach with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. And I would tell you this, there are those that would like to debate. I can't wait till some Jehovah Witnesses come to my door, so I, or Mormons. Don't try to debate them because they'll lose. Because they're really trained in debating. We need to be trained in the spirit. And I've told this story, many of you have probably heard it, some of you are new, but when I was an associate pastor in Arizona, my pastor and I wasn't invited to this uh, fellow's house and he was a Jehovah Witness, high ranking in Jehovah Witness. And just to show you the power of the gospel, my pastor and I, we sat down and he was sharing his doctrine and he wouldn't let us get a word in edgewise. And this is what happens. If you've all opened your door and you volunteer to listen, you can't get a word in edgewise. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm so proud of my pastor. He, <laughs> this man, he he was going on and on and on and on. He had it all laid out. He wasn't just a beginner in Jehovah's Witnesses. He, he was one of the higher-ups. And my pastor pointed his finger at him and said, shut up in Jesus' name. <laughs> Is that spiritual? <laughs> Couldn't say a word after that. The man heard the gospel. He was saved. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. So listen, we have equipment that everybody else don't have. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You might need to try that sometime. Shut up in Jesus' name. Amen. You people that are, you work on construction sites and so on and so forth, and everybody's cussing up a streak around Take authority over their mouths in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's look at the Great Commission, Mark chapter 16. This is revival time. Amen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Practice on your dog. (laughs) He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but... He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. And I like E.W. Kenyon says it means the believing ones. Not talking about how much faith you have right there. 
Are you a believer? If you've confessed Jesus the Lord of your life, you qualify. Yes. Hallelujah. And these signs will follow. What would happen if we would confess that every morning? These signs will follow me. In my name. See, the name of Jesus, we've got to teach on that around here again. The name of Jesus is so powerful. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess at the name of Jesus. See, as a disciple, you don't need a big toolbox. All you need is to pull out that name. The name of Jesus. No other name is given under heaven by which men can be saved. The name of Jesus. When Peter and John healed the, the lame man at the temple gate, the lame man got up, started running, dancing, causing a commotion. Hallelujah. But he went into the temple and everybody was looking at Peter and John. Oh, you know, ah, these guys must be, wow. Peter stood up and said, don't look on us. By our goodness, by our righteousness. But it's because of faith in the name of Jesus that this man stands before you whole. Hallelujah. She's having a revival over on this side. Amen. Every one of us have been given that precious name. Don't treat that name lightly. When that name is mentioned, angels stand at attention. The universe stops and starts with that name. Glory to God. Demons will come out at that name. The Bible says, in my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any, 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 any deadly thing. Listen to me right now. If you took the jab... can't hurt you if you'll take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He quickens it, makes alive your mortal bodies. So these signs... It says it will by no means hurt you. I like this last part. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Man, start laying hands on tables, doors, everything, practice. Amen. Look at your hands. That's right. These hands are anointed. And when you lay hands on 
a sick person in the name of what? Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. The spirit and life that's in you is transferred to that sick person. Healing then begins to take place. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you've been hesitant in doing that, don't be hesitant anymore. One of the prophecies that Smith Wigglesworth had, others, they've, in, in this last day move of God, they've seen hospitals emptied. Because God's building an army. And a lot of these young people that, that you're seeing on campuses right now, this having revival is going to be used in a mighty way, just like the hippies were used, amen? In the Jesus Revolution. And I want to be part of that. Say, I'm not too old. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 20, it says, they went out. They didn't stay within the four walls. And they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word, confirming what? The gospel, the good news, the word with accompanying signs. Hallelujah. Who glory to God. The devil is defeated. <clears throat> We've had some great awakenings. And one great such awakening in this area in Massachusetts. I want to read to you about Jonathan Edwards real quick. Hallelujah. It says, the great awakening was a spiritual renewal that swept the American colonies in New England during the first half of the 18th century. Certain Christians began to dissociate themselves with the established approach to worship at the time Uh, which had led to a general sense of complacency among believers. And instead they adopted an approach which was characterized by great fervor. What does that mean to you? They stopped being complacent. Well, it's just going to be Sunday as normal. It's just going to be whatever. No, it, it says with great fervor, and emotion in prayer. Hallelujah. Great favor and emotion in prayer. This spiritual renewal began with people like the Wesley brothers and George Whitefield in England crossed over to the American colonies during the first half of the 18th century. Unlike the somber, largely Puritan spirituality of the early 1700s, The revivalism ushered in by the awakening allowed people to express their emotions more overtly uh, in order to feel a greater intimacy with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you know, we shouldn't act a certain way in church and so on and so forth. Hey, this is a party. Come on now. 
This is the time that we celebrate all the goodness of God when we come into the house of God, of all the miracles that's been taking place in Walmart and Shaw's and Stop and Shop and wherever we are in our jobs. We come in and we celebrate and we bring them with us. Hallelujah. You tell them if they felt something when I prayed for you, come to church and you really get it. Hallelujah. Experience it. Experience, experience it. Hallelujah. I'm running out of time. I, I, I want to share one last scripture. There's a couple of scriptures, but in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. <clears throat> I'm going to have the worship team come up. Hallelujah. This is the prophet Elijah. And this is talking about a literal rain because there was drought in the land. But the Bible also talks about rain as an awakening, as revival. The Old Testament talks about the former and latter rain. Hallelujah. So rain of the Spirit, rain of the moving of God upon the earth. And so there's, there's something I want to show you here. It says, Elijah said to Ahab, go, get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. People, I want you to begin to hear a mighty rainstorm coming. And sense it. Get hungry for it. I like that translation, a mighty rainstorm. It's just not showers of blessings. No, we used to sing that every week. Showers of blessings. Showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. Mercy drops. Just give me some mercy drops. And I'll get so excited. I want a gushing rainstorm with the thunder of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Not mercy drops. Glory to Amen. Like God said on the throne with a little dropper. Boom. I'm going to bless that. Boom. Verse 42, so Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah, he climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Intercessors, it's time. It's time. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. And the servant went out and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. See, that shows you those that are walking by faith and those that aren't. See, Elijah was tuned in to heaven. He wasn't expecting mercy drops. He was expecting a great, great torrent of rain, glory to God. How many of you have been in a rainstorm like that? I mean, just drenched you, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So the servant said, I didn't see anything. 
So seven times Elijah told him to go back and look. Some of us give up after one time. Two times, three times. The prophet said, go look again. Go look again. (laughs) And then the sermon said, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. (laughs) But what did the prophet see? He didn't see a little cloud. I see revival that will shake New England, that will shake this nation back to God, hallelujah, that will touch every generation. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And the Bible says as soon as the sky was black with clouds, a heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. Hallelujah. There is a terrific rainstorm right coming to Brockton, to Rockland. Hallelujah. To Hingham, to your town, to your city. Start expecting it. Go outside. Look up. There's a cloud. Glory to God. Praise God. Revival. Hallelujah. When you come to church, be so hungry for the things of God. Hallelujah. Well, let's just see how the worship team does today. And let's see if, see if I get any goosebumps and see a pastor preaches a good message. Hallelujah. Now you come in and you look for that rain. Hallelujah. You leave this place. You walk in the grocery store. It's going to rain. Take your umbrella with you to Walmart. It's raining. Somebody says, what are you doing carrying an umbrella? The sun's shining. He said, no, the rain's coming. The rain is coming. Stand with me this morning. Come on, worship team, let's sing that song. Lord, send a revival. You ready? You ready? I want you to grip it. I want you to take it and not let go of it regardless of what you feel like, what goes on around you. This is your season. This is your time. Hallelujah.